Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, for more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Happy Thursday. Today is June 16, 2016. I'm Michelle Cachet, filling in for Jeannie, and I'm here today with Dr. Timothy Hayes. We warmly welcome you to the show, and thank you for choosing to be with us. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and it puts you into queue to talk with our host. We encourage you to call in with your comments and questions, allowing you to actively strengthen your practice. Hi, Tim. Let's have a conversation to help develop our, our inner process of uh, Aramaic forgiveness and healing. All right, let's do that. Hello, Michelle. Thanks for running the switchboard and for being here today. Um, is this coming weekend your big open house weekend? It is. Uh, I'm down to a 36-hour window here. All right, well, thank you for taking the time out of your very busy schedule and the family activities to host the, the uh, switchboard for us. And uh, I'll just do a brief intro, and we'll see who might have hands up. Um, oh, yeah, we've got some. Okay, this is, the, uh, this is the ancient Aramaic art of forgiveness. What the heck is that? Well, it's pretty basic. Uh, it's very directly contradictory to what most of us were taught about the concept of forgiveness in our culture. And it's based on an understanding that everything I'm feeling inside of me in terms of my thoughts and emotions is an internal creation. I'm not necessarily directly creating my outward events in my life. And at the same time, I am actively creating, choosing my interpretation and choosing my response to those events. And that literally creates my experience of life in each moment. So... The ancient Aramaic teachings understood this, as have many cultures beyond that. It's a great spiritual teaching from thousands of years ago, and it's been reintroduced to us through this work specifically. And Dr. Michael Rice, through his work with the Kabor's manuscript, has distilled out a one-page, eight-and-a-half by eleven sheet of paper, that will allow me to go into my mind and body's energy system. Anytime I'm feeling something I don't want to feel or it's uncomfortable and actively step through a process that removes that energy and helps me choose different thoughts and create a different experience of life in that moment. I was raised in a very loving family and I was raised here on this continent and I was taught when people do nasty things or insulting things or bullying things that it hurts my feelings or it makes me angry or it scares me and the understanding in this work is that even though people can do nasty angry and insulting things that's not what creates my fear my pain my sadness my hurt what creates my internal emotion is the way I choose to interpret and then respond to those events the thoughts I choose and pour energy into are what create my emotions and my internal experience. That understanding, directly opposite of what I was taught growing up, when I apply it in my life, has been transforming my life experience for the better for 12 or 13 years now, just day by day, one worksheet process at a time, 
dismantling the energies of anger and fear and sadness, even though the outside circumstances don't change. My life experience is getting better and better the more I apply these tools. These tools include, but are not limited to, the reality management wake-up sheet or worksheet process. It's been called different things over the years, and it's available at www.whyagain.org. If you click on the red and white bullseye in the center of the home page or at the top of the page where it says Start Here, It'll take you to a page where you can download Chapter 24 of Michael's book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, where there's a written explanation of the process of forgiveness, how and why it works. You can also download the latest version of the worksheet process. And I highly recommend downloading and watching the PowerPoint presentation made by Bill Costantino that describes the core of the worksheet process, which is canceling the goal whatever the goal is, no matter how loving it is, if I'm holding a goal, even if it's the most loving goal I can imagine, and it leaves me feeling anger, fear, sadness, or hurt, the most important thing for me to do is to cancel that goal and ask to be shown what's behind it. And that PowerPoint presentation, 24 and a half minutes by Bill Costantino, distills 35 years of Dr. Rice's understanding about that process and how it works, and that's highly recommended. Beyond that, there are a host of other worksheets available, free for download on the on the website, and five days a week. Michael and Jeannie are here to support people learning the process and digging deeper and becoming, we hope, more and more people supporting them and becoming perpetually avid students of this work because that's what's changing lives for the better. So I'll take a breath, ask if we have anybody with a hand up or anything going on in the switchboard, I mean in the uh, chat room. Uh, chat room, quiet, and uh, let's see. There was a caller with a hand up, um, area code 517, and there she is. So let's see who we've got calling today. Hi, welcome to the show. Area code 517, you're in the air. Hello. Hello, we can hear that. We heard the hello. Hi, good afternoon. How can we support you? Um, My name is Sally, and I'm calling um, in regards to this whole forgiveness thing. I, um, excuse me, I've been in recovery for 176 days. And um, I am married to a man. I've been married to him for over 38 years. And he seems to be having a really difficult time letting go and truly forgiving me for what I've done, which I know I carry enough remorse and guilt for what I've done to especially those that love me the most and are closest to me the most. And... I feel like every opportunity he gets, whether it's we're watching a show or listening to the radio and they start talking about addicts that, um, you know, they're extremely dishonest and they lie about everything and they steal. And and then he'll make a remark like and a jab like, that's right, you can never trust them once they broke that trust. And I guess my hardest thing to deal with... Let me interrupt you yeah. for a minute. Yes. Let me ask you to take a nice deep breath. And let me ask you, how did you find out about this Internet show? From a very beautiful, great friend. Okay. So with that friend, did they introduce you to the concept of the ancient Aramaic forgiveness where it's all an inside job and it's not the usual definition in this culture which really is more like pardoning right have you had no. any, any have you had any introduction to that concept no okay so let, let me just a- ask you to continue to take nice 
comfortably deep breaths and keep your breath open. And let me mention that in in your introduction about what you're calling for, you've mentioned your husband as much or more than you've mentioned yourself. And so in this work we understand I can't change anyone outside of me. All exactly. I can do is change what's going on within me. Right. The next thing is you, you, you mentioned this concept of trust. And I write in my work and I talk to people about this and have some stuff on my website about how trust and forgiveness are gifts that we give people. They aren't things Absolutely. that are earned. They aren't things that mm-hmm. are earned. And so I recommend uh-huh. that people forgive soon and often because that's a process I can apply inside myself, moment to moment, day to day, for anything that's upsetting me. And trust, I recommend people be very careful about this issue of trust. And this is what Mm -hmm. I say about trust. If I believe someone has done something seriously wrong in their interactions or relationships with me, whether it's a business or a personal relationship, I recommend Uh that people withhold their trust unless and until four things have happened. The first thing is, the other person agrees with me that what they did was wrong. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes they don't agree that what they did was wrong. And if they well, don't agree what that did. what they did was wrong, and, and I think what they did was wrong, then it doesn't make any sense for me to trust that they're not going to do it again. So the first thing is that they agree with they, that they agree with me that what they did was wrong. The second thing is that they apologize in a way that I feel is sincere. The third thing is that they make amends in whatever way is possible, physically, financially, emotionally, etc. And the last thing is they make concrete changes in their life to try to ensure that it doesn't happen again. Now, Which I it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what someone it doesn't matter what someone has done to me in the past, how horrible I think it is. If they've done all four of those things, it makes sense for me to consider trusting them again. And Which in will my be a way very of thinking process. Well, mm-hmm. it all okay. depends on the situation and the person. And in my way of thinking about it, if they have done all of those things and I decide not to trust them, I might be cutting off my nose to spite my face, as the saying goes. I may be cutting somebody out of my life who would be a really good friend and resource. I understand. Yeah. I just just wonder if there'll come a day... um, sooner than later that he will, you know, start to trust me and believe in me. And, you know, it's, it's, I've owned it. I've, I've admitted, I've asked for forgiveness. I've done everything that I can do to try to better it. You know what I mean? But I know that in the process, I lost a lot of trust and I hurt a lot of people. And I think, you know, by, by admitting that, You've done something and owning it, you know, it's, it's, I'm not sure what else I can do, you know, to prove to him that it's not ever, ever going to happen again in my life. And I mean, God forbid. And, you know, I, I've, I have totally, you know, admitted myself, omit myself from people I knew when I was an addict as opposed to people I know now that I'm circling myself now that I'm in recovery and I'm a recovering now, you know, addict. Okay. So let me ask you to take a breath and let me offer that what we can offer you in this work has only to do with how you feel if and when your husband says hurtful things or refuses to trust you again. So I can't do anything with, for, or about your husband. And yet, Uh Sally's calling the show and wants support. Here's the support I can offer Sally. 
if Sally experiences sadness or hurt or confusion or frustration when her husband refuses to trust her or keeps bringing up old hurts, we can support Sally in learning the process, the tool of forgiveness, and applying it to her hurt and her sadness and her confusion. So Mm -hmm. if you're feeling a specific negative emotion and you think it's because your husband refuses to forgive you, that's where we can support you in using this tool called forgiveness from the ancient Aramaic, the shebag, the cancel, the dismantling Mm -hmm. of the negative energies. Mm -hmm. So when your husband says he can't forgive you or he doesn't trust you, does that stir up a specific emotion in you? Um, it makes me very, very sad. <laughs> All right. And her. So then the, thing to, then the thing to do would be to use the tool of forgiveness from the website that you can print off for free and make fill out a worksheet that says, I, Sally, who feel the emotion of sadness, and then uh-huh. step through the thoughts and step through filling in the blanks, and then figure out the goal you have for your husband. In this case, it would probably be that your goal is that he forgive you and love you, or that he pardon you and love you, or treat you lovingly and respectfully, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Cancel that goal and ask to be shown the hidden part of your mind that's actually creating the sadness. So Mm -hmm. have have you had access to the worksheet process yet? No, no, I haven't. Okay, that's where I would offer to begin because that tool, which is available for free, has the capacity to help you dismantle the energy of sadness that gets resonated in you when your husband refuses to forgive your past transgressions. Right, right. I I, I guess I don't... no amount of talking about that is going to change that. Right, right. I, I, I think, I think the hardest part for me to understand is, is that I am like a very forgiving soul. I don't hold a grudge because I know those grudges will soon turn around and hold us if that's what we do. But I, I guess I'm not sure. I mean, I've forgiven him in the past for things that he's done that maybe some women would think, you know, that's inexcusable or, you know, that's reason, you know, to leave the situation I'm in now. It's it's hard because the majority of the time, you know, at least 85% of the time, I'm finding myself having to forgive him because he's a severe alcoholic and might say or act a certain way towards me and I I believe in my heart that <clears throat> excuse me that he 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 doesn't mean that but at the same token he's influenced by the alcohol just like I was influenced by the opium and okay. I almost so, get a feeling Ellie, too, in, in, in in this work let me interrupt you please in this work okay we would encourage you to never forgive your husband ever again and never forgive yourself ever again. Because in this work, the definition of forgiveness means to cancel, to dismantle, to remove. Now, if you want to pardon him for something he did that you think is offensive or disrespectful, etc., it's fine to pardon but when I pardon somebody for doing something that I think was hurtful or disrespectful, it does nothing to remove the energies that are creating the sadness or the hurt or the frustration within me. So Uh we're going to have a very difficult time supporting you until you've gone into this, the core of this work a little bit and helped yourself understand an entirely different way to think about your emotions, positive and negative, the the cause of those emotions, positive and negative, the interactions Mm -hmm. between you and your husband and anybody else, and Mm -hmm. begin to apply the tool and the understanding of how 
when I set a goal in my mind and it doesn't get set, that's going to be something that either generates negative emotions for me or hides from me the cause of my negative emotions. Mm-hmm. And if I don't learn how that system works and I don't learn how to go inside my mind and cancel a goal and ask to be shown the hidden part of my own mind, I will keep mm-hmm. repeating the same process of pardoning somebody, thinking it's forgiveness, trusting somebody even though they haven't changed, pardoning right. them again, thinking it's forgiveness, and generating more and more energies around thoughts like, this doesn't work, this person's causing my upset, I'm stuck, it's hopeless, I'm helpless, I'm to blame. And none Mm -hmm. of that is productive. So I would strongly encourage you to go to the website at whyagain.org and click on the link that says Start Here or the Red and White Bullseye in the center of the page and download the seven-step worksheet or wake-up sheet process and read it and fill in your name and fill in the emotion you're feeling of sadness and step through that process and then call us and let us know if you have questions about that or if you have a testimonial. Okay. The more you continue to focus on the more you continue to focus on people and things outside of you, the less chance you ever have of resolving your sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, and I'll definitely, I have the website up on my computer, so I'll I'll check that out. And I, I really, really appreciate everything that you folks do. You know, I think all of us listeners are certainly blessed in an enormous way way that words will never, you know, describe because you folks are out here trying to help us to understand things. Well, I appreciate the compliment. And let me remind you, I don't think I've mentioned it this time, on that web page when you click the red and white bullseye, if -hmm. you go down a few links, there's a link to what I think Dr. Rice says. There are 16 different Internet shows, the audio files for Internet shows, just like this, where Dr. Rice or Jeannie have stepped somebody through that worksheet process step by step. So it's, it's the third link down. The first one is Chapter 24 of his book. The next one is the various stress and management, uh, reality management wake-up sheets. And the next one is a list of the MP3 shows. So... You can listen to hour after hour of instruction about how to do that worksheet. Oh, okay, great. The so first one I would well, recommend. The first one I would recommend mm-hmm. is the August second, twenty eleven worksheet with Lynn. So August second, twenty eleven. August August second from twenty eleven. A woman named Lynn called in. And she had an upset that was so intense it was led her to have this constant thought about murdering somebody and it had been in the making for more than 20 years at the time. And Dr. Rice oh. helped step her through a worksheet. And you can listen mm-hmm. to the whole process and you can listen to what her results were. And there, okay. there's show after show where different people calling in with real problems have been stepped through the worksheet process. And then, of course, you can call in, you know, tomorrow or the next day, the rest of the week, and ask for clarification if you need help applying the worksheet tool to your upset. Okay. All right. Great. Well, thank you guys again, and God bless you and yours. And and I hope and pray that this will, you know, continue to be a very valuable tool, not just to myself, but to everyone that's a recovering addict. So thank you well, again. Well, uh, you, blessings to you, and, and thank you for calling. And remember, we're all holding the space of love and prayer for you to continue to recover your awareness that your true nature is the energy of love, and that's the true recovery process. 
And when you have your awareness on your true nature as the energy of love and creation, and you learn to extend that in every interaction with every person, I believe your life will change. Great. Thank I'm, you I'm sure call. it will. All right. Thank you. Have a great one. All right. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. So, Michelle, is there anything going on in the chat room or anybody else with a hand up? Uh, not right now, Jim. Not right now on all counts? No one in the chat room? Oh, I'm sorry, but no, no, kind of, we got it, I guess, and, and one other person. So, no uh, conversation going on right now. And I think if you call, um, press one right now, we can take your question immediately. So would you have any comments or input for Sally? Um, well, given that she's a beginner, I understood why you allowed um, the conversation at the beginning part to use the word forgiveness as part of it when, when she was discussing that. And then I was really glad later when you went back to clarify the difference between you know, never forgiving someone relating to you can't do that. You made the distinction later on. Okay. Any other input you know, for her? Oh, for her, um hmm. I, I think you um covered it. I wanted to know if, if the husband as an alcoholic was an active addiction or if you know, he was in recovery himself because, you know, there's a lot of um, similar steps as we've talked before related to trust up work or, and forgiveness work. So keeping the focus on him, I mean, on her, excuse me, was the direction I thought it should go, but it was just something I was wondering. All right, then. So, 646-200-4169. If you call that number and you press 1, Michelle will see that you have a question or a comment, and she'll open up the microphone, and you can help us out, make this show even better with your questions and your comments. And that's um, truly the way that this show gets better and better and better because every question is valid and every question, no matter how fundamental or simple, is everyone's question. So, Tim, I think Shelly's on the line. Hello? All right. What area code and where are you calling from? Area Do we have area code? Yeah, yeah I, I, um, I uh, unmuted the caller, so I'm not sure. Maybe they pressed one accidentally. 808? Yes, 808. Hello. Is this Roma? Yes, um, yes, this is Roma. Thank you so much, Dr. Tim, for, for, um, taking, um, for taking on the show today. And uh, I just want to tell you that in listening to... Oh, what is her name, the lady that called in? Sally. Sally, Sally. Yeah, I I thought you covered everything beautifully and very succinctly. I was really impressed. Uh, so thank you very much for that. The one thing that I would add to it is um, to think of herself as a newborn baby and to give as much time and attention to herself to love herself and to forgive herself and that's something that we can all do 24/7 just focusing on loving ourselves because a lot of us didn't didn't get a lot of it didn't get enough of it as we were growing up but every one of us deserves it uh to an infinite degree there's there's never too much love 
So that's just the one thing that I would add. Uh, well, in this work, Roman, we would, we would say um, we would just tweak it slightly and say, in this work, we approach the understanding from the ancient teachings that love is the energy of creation. It's the stuff we're made of. It's a noun. It's not a verb. And so if I assume that I'm going to do the action of love to someone or for someone, I'm missing the boat, and I'll get stuck in a loop, and I'll start expecting things to happen that simply can't happen because if Love is the energy of creation, and if it's what I'm made of, it's a noun. I can't turn it into a verb. So in this work, we, we talk about it slightly differently, and we say, please actively work. Use the tools that are made available through this work or any other work that is similar to actively work to remove any energies that are less than love from your mind and body's energy system. And when you do that, it will be effortless to look to see to feel and to experience yourself as the energy of love and creation then you can extend that energy in every interaction with every person trying to love yourself or love someone else is a in this work based on the definition of the word is a futile act and a frustrating act bound to let me or lead me into feeling helpless, hopeless, and um, a failure. Because I can't do to someone the act of love. If I am love and they are love, what I can do is recognize the truth of our true nature. Good, thank you. I appreciate that clarification. I I really do love the picture that gets created in our minds, though, when we think of a newborn baby. And um, so I'm just suggesting that that you didn't mention that, and um, that was that was that would be what I would that was what was missing for me. But thanks All for right. the clarification on uh, on love. Being a noun and never a verb—that's uh, really interesting. Certainly, the culture doesn't uh, doesn't teach us that. Yeah, it's the core of this work, though, and it's the core of uh, what's been taught in uh, from the Kabor's manuscript and holding that condition of love in the mind, opening that, holding that filter in the frontal lobes that allows the entrance of that energy of creation, and then in of course, in Miracles, it talks very clearly, and in, in Way of Mastery as well, it says you can't create it and you don't have to go looking for it. All you have to do is look for and remove any of the blocks, any of the negative energies in your field that would prevent you from experiencing yourself as the true nature of love, as that energy right. of creation. Right, which is the function of the wake-up sheet. Exactly. Yeah, um, you remind me, by using the word filter, um, that I've, for years, I've been um, wondering, if our nature is love, what is being filtered out? (laughs) You know, if our nature is fundamentally love, I I prefer the word gateway. I, I like that the word gateway has been added in the last... 20 years since the last time I looked at the evolution of the worksheet because filter didn't make sense to me. I can I can see that uh, fear and hostility would be coming through a filter, but I don't understand how how wh- why we use the word filter with love. Tim, you there? Well, uh, let's You know, um, words get tricky and and the meanings different people have for words. We never know when we speak it. The words don't have the meaning. The meaning for any vibration that we're calling a word is held in the mind of the person who's receiving the vibration. Of course. So so let's just 
Do you have a different meaning for the word there. filter than I do, you think? Or do you think Michael has uh, perhaps, a different meaning for the perhaps, word filter? Uh, perhaps. I don't know. Hmm. So let's hmm. throw an image out there. Okay. And, and, and this is an image that came to me years ago when I first heard Michael talk about this. Let's talk about the old um, plastic or metal or flocked Christmas trees that were just one color, and there would be a spotlight on the floor plugged into the wall, and just a pure white spotlight. And sitting in front of the spotlight would be a wheel with three or four colors on it, and as the wheel rotated, the light would try to get through the the, the wheel with the, the colored plastic on it and cast a different color of light on the tree and make the tree appear different than what it its true nature was. Let's say the tree is silver. And when the red filter comes in front of the light between the light and the tree, the tree appears to be red. And when the blue filter comes between the white light and the tree, the tree appears to be blue, etc. The light is pure white. The tree is just what it is. The filter changes the appearance of the outside object if you're assuming that the light is the inside it's the pure white the energy of love the true nature the energy of creation and so in this work when i heard michael talk about how the filter in the frontal lobes of the brain that can be set to hostility or fear or rachma i imagined one of those tricolored light filters where there was a red and a blue and a green and one of those let's say the blue was completely taken away and so that for me would be rachma when there's nothing blocking or distorting my true nature as it comes out from me into and through my perception and my intention that's clarity that's actuality and when the red or the green filter come in between that true nature of mine and my my intention or my perception, it can get distorted to hostility or fear. Now, I don't know that that makes sense to anybody else, but that's how I envisioned it years ago when I heard this lecture through Michael for the first time. And so maybe that makes more sense to you, that Rachma is the open gateway the clear filter that doesn't distort my true nature and doesn't distort my perception and doesn't distort my intention as that energy of creation, whereas hostility or fear will distort my perception and distort my intention. So Mm -hmm. that would be my offering. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for your offering. Okie doke. I think that's it for me. And uh All right, well thank you for the call. Thank right. you for being active listener and thank you for your calls in the past couple of weeks doing the deep diving work that's so essential for all of us on the planet if we're going to remove the garbage and experience ourselves as love. Well, I think we're also fortunate to have a place that we can, you know, a group of people or as they say in in Buddhism the sangha where we can just dial a telephone and be in touch with a tremendous force field of healing and love. So thank yeah, everybody. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. Yes, me too. Thank you. Aloha. Right. Thanks for the call. Aloha. Mm-hmm. Or if Ra- Ra- Michael were here, he'd say Rachma, which he thinks is the same meaning as Aloha. Okay, so Michelle. Do we have anything Area in the chat room? Area code 636, you are on the air. Hey, Dr. Hi, Dr. Tim. Dr. Phil, how are you doing? Dr. Phil, welcome. I'm doing, doing well, thank you. How can we support you today? Well, so this is really interesting, these last two callers, and uh, specifically the description you gave about the filters. I teach the levels of consciousness through David Hawkins' work. I've been doing it for years. 
uh, if you're familiar with the power versus force work that he did ages ago before he died. And uh, yes, one yes, of the I things, have some familiarity with it. It, it. So one of the things that I've always been teaching my clients and myself through the process is working through those levels of the hostility and fear, which is all the the shames, the the despairs, the angers, the, the judgments, the pride, and getting your system up to neutrality so you can actually look at the issue that you're dealing with. And then working through acceptance and willingness in your process. But I always got stuck on for my own personal life, and then obviously that stuck my practice, was when you got to the love part of the levels of consciousness. And it wasn't until I was introduced to Michael's work and uh, the forgiveness process and the cancellation that I started really getting what, where, what was it that I was getting stuck on. Because every single time I do a worksheet, like, okay, I got who I am. I understand that uh, I'm loved, that the process of uh, love is a noun working through me. Got it. Understand emotions, understand feelings, understand thoughts, the process behind that. Canceling the goal, that was a cool new thing. Understanding that what I was looking at was wanting to change the world and for the world to be different in order for me to feel better, whether it be my sex, drugs, rock and roll, or just, will you please just do this so I can feel better? (laughs) Anything response like that. Canceling that goal response was like mind-blowing. It's like, okay. I've gotten, I've got that, I'm getting that, I'm working that. Then, always being uh, prayerful uh, in understanding that the Spirit of God works through me and all that kind of stuff, that part was great. What I always knew when I just started doing the worksheets, what really got me was generate a loving thought towards your trigger person or trigger thing. And every single time I get to a worksheet, it was just like, Nothing. Had nothing. And I'm like, okay, what is going on here? And what I started noticing is that when we talked about love, my perception was I was using noun as a verb. So love is a verb in the context of the levels of consciousness where still I was expecting an outcome from something or somebody else and for me to feel better. If I just, if they were just loving, they, I, then I would feel better. If they would just do this in love, it was like, it was so awe-inspiring to realize that. And then to realize also, I had zero context, zero context of what love actually was for in my life due to the traumas and the dramas I had in my upbringing, there was no context for, well, what is the expression of a loving thought, a loving action towards somebody or something, including myself? And it wasn't until I grasped that and realized that I had to first accept where I was in the healing process couldn't just say, oh, I deeply and completely love and accept myself for who I am because in the context of how I had been bringing up myself, that was a fallacy. It was a false, it was a false acclamation. So by then accepting where I was, it's like, okay, yeah, I do have some hostility, fear, anger, resentment, judgment, all that kind of stuff in me still. But in that and then being willing to be a space to generate a loving thought. Now, what is that loving thought? I have no clue. It's so buried deep in my unconscious being. I don't know what it is, and but I don't need to because the true light of Rachma runs through me and will eventually show me what that is, just like it's going to show me what my carbon-based memories are from my genetics. It will show me that anyways. I don't have to figure it out sometimes. But being accepting of myself where I am, and then being willing to be the space to generate that loving thought towards myself first, then towards others, was an immense key. And from when I, was, when I was hearing your show today so far, is that's where everything was going. And I just wanted to share that. All right. Well, that's, that's very 
good, uh, various thoughts, and I, I like listening to the way different people put these things together. That's why we ask people to call in. One of the things that's come out recently is somebody brought this up again. It hadn't been in the show for quite a while. And they were talking about how in um, one of Michael's lectures, it's getting the stress you need. And in getting the stress you need, he talks about using goals and the framing and the setting and maintaining and achieving and canceling of goals as a way to manage my stress. And in that lecture, he talks about ancient wisdom that says, I, don't, I, I do a disservice to myself and I create unresolvable stress every time I set a goal that I can't accomplish in the next waking period. So that's another talk, and you can get that video on his website. It's a wonderful tool to use to manage your stresses, to cancel your goals each night before you go to bed, and perhaps if you choose to, frame some for tomorrow that you don't set until the next morning and all that good stuff. And someone called the radio show not too long ago and said, now wait a minute, I'm thinking about that video, and I'm looking here at the last step in the worksheet process where it says a loving goal I can offer and they said, it all of a sudden dawned on me, if I set this goal and I don't do something to act on it in the next waking period, I'm creating unnecessary stress. And Michael said, exactly. What we're asking people to do in that last step of the worksheet is not just have a loving thought about another person. We're asking them to set a loving goal that they can offer the other person and then make it something they can take action on hopefully within the next day. Oh. So what might that look like? So what might that look like? Well, you know, sometimes in, in our support group, five, it looks five like minutes people, of breathing. it offers that, or it's an offering to do, to do more worksheets. I think the last time somebody did uh, a worksheet in the group, they made, they set the goal to do more worksheets on their hurt or more worksheets on their um, confusion that was getting triggered by the person who was the object. And so it's, it's a specific offering. And so a lot of times people come in and they say, well, you know, I can't do number seven because I'm still angry every time I think about this other person. I can't think loving thoughts toward that person. And we say, that's okay. And they don't quite understand what we mean. And we say, well, just think of something you're willing to do that's beginning with you. Yeah, that exactly. Is to remove what's less than love from you, because when you've gone further in that process of removing what's less than love from you, it's easier and easier for you to get access to your awareness that your true nature is the energy of creation, that your true nature is the energy that keeps your heart beating and your food digesting, even though you have no idea how that happens. And ability to slow down in life, take a breath, and tap into the awareness of things like that, my heart beating, my food digesting, my hands grasping Mm -hmm. something, that I have no idea with my conscious logical mind how that happens or how to comprehend it, if I slow down and tap into that, that's a moment where I have been reconnected to my true awareness. That yeah, you, get, you get back curiosity. to being present. You get back to being present. Yes, and that childlike curiosity for, wow, how does that happen? without trying to figure it out with weights and measures and nerve firings and counterbalances, I just say, wow, that's amazing. I don't know how this happens. (laughs) The garbage is my negative traumatic energies from the past, my negative conclusions about myself. Those are what were referred to in the past ancient teachings as the bushel baskets. And my job is to remove those, to to consciously, actively remove everything that's less than that true nature from my experience, and the rest takes care of itself. Because when I've done that, one of my favorite teachers is Guy Finley, and he says, and he he practically comes out of his chair with his passion for this, and he says, we must consciously, 
actively steal from ourselves every excuse to be angry, bitter, hurtful, resentful, negative toward anyone at any time, because if we don't, we will be able to rationalize any level of abuse, any level of abuse. Any, yeah, exactly. And if I consciously, actively work to steal from myself any excuse, in Michael Rice's work, that would be said, if I consciously, actively work to remove anything less than love from my mind-body energy system, then it will be impossible for me to do anything negative, hurtful, bitter, resentful, shaming, physically harmful to anyone at any time. Because when I'm in touch with my awareness, when I have my awareness focused on my true nature, Dr. Rice used to use this top cap, uh, total, perfect, conscious, active, present love. When I have my awareness focused on total, perfect, conscious, active, present love, that energy of creation that's beating my heart right now, it is not possible for me to do anything except what is loving and supportive and nurturing to everyone and everything around me. And his way of mastery would say, please stop trying to love people. Please stop trying to convince people you love them. Please quit looking for love from people. And at the same time, extend your true nature as the energy of love in every interaction to everyone and everything around you. That makes some, okay, that is perfect. All right, that's that's awesome. Okay, I got that now. I know, is it great? <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It reminds me, I don't know, something just triggered in my brain cells. There's something from Lesson 4 in Way of Mastery where it says, listen, when people ask you who you are, please don't give them a name, political ideation, physical location. Tell them this. Somebody asks you, who are you? Say, I am the extension of love in form. I have, I'm infinite and eternal. I have never been born, and I shall never taste death. I shine forth as a sunbeam to the sun. I am the effect of God's love and I stand before you to love you. Nice. I've never heard that before. If I'm breathing and I'm tapped into my true nature and I'm questioning, gee, how does this happen? How does my heart keep beating? How does my food digest? And I'm just willing to observe, to watch... I have an experience that goes beyond words that those words are trying to point at. Just trying to point in that direction. And again, all the work we do here on this Internet show is to help introduce people to tools that can point them in the direction of an experience. It's the experience we're after. It's not the words. It's not the label. Krishnamurti would tell us over and over again, the word is not the thing. So the experiences of the loving goal is, okay, I sit down for five minutes and do breathing. I uh, I help my spouse clean the house uh, daily without uh, any disregard for what is going on. Just I'm there to help support that person in my household or to uh, pay our bills on time or whatever it is, to do five worksheets on such and such a thing getting the experience of doing those things in a loving manner that is towards one's well-being is the way to go. Uh, okay. I, I, I suppose that, I'll sign that on right? to that. Well, I, I, I got a little um, – I had some difficulty following the words there. The experience we're talking about is – the ability to have an experience of your true nature. And so that really doesn't have words. 
most people have had some kind of uh, peak emotional experience or or they felt like you know they saw God or they heard God or they had a timeless moment where they felt like they were connected to things outside themselves or, or everything in existence. Most people have had those kinds of experiences and and they try and share it with somebody and there just aren't words for it. So the words aren't what this show is about. This show is about teaching people tools that when they apply them to their lives removes any of the energies of anger or fear or frustration or hurt or confusion or sadness or guilt or shame. And what's left is an experience beyond words. So we strongly encourage people in almost every show please pick up the tools and put the pen to the paper. Please do the breath work. If you like the EFT tapping, do the tapping work. If you like the mind shifter journaling, actually do the journaling. Spend the hour or two responding to your mind shifter and and resonating whatever is less than love from your unconscious and let it spill out on the paper so you can then do work to dismantle it. It's what's happening inside the human awareness when that process is engaged, that's the experience we're after. And there really aren't, probably will never be words for it. And as we said earlier in the show, even if we do find out words for it, the meaning for a word only exists in the mind of the person hearing the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because once we put it into words, it kind of gets corrupted. Yeah, or you know, flavored a certain way. I can't begin <laughs> to tell you how many times in our mind shifter group I've had somebody say something and I would say, well, I would say this way, and they, and they, would, and they snap back with, no! And quite literally, by the time we're un, done unpacking it, we realize the word they, or the meaning they had for the word was different than mine. I remember one in particular just came to mind. It wasn't in a mind shifter group. It was in a session. And the gentleman said, Yes, every time I think of that person now, I have this deep sadness. And I said, well, I would be happy to support you in doing some worksheets and some energy work to dismantle that. And he said, I don't want to dismantle it. And I said, okay, well, then tell me what it is about it that you want to keep. He said, well, every time that energy comes up, I just have this deep sense of connection and um and fond memories of this person who who died. And I said, oh, okay, so what you're talking about when you say the word sadness is this deep sense of emotional connection and fond memories. And he said, yes. I said, okay, that's an entirely different meaning than I would have for the word sadness. So that happens time and time again, and that's why we try and help people let go of the need to try and define in words and just move into behaviors which can lead them to an experience that's beyond words. More loving, more gentle, more compassionate, more inclusive at every level because that's our true nature and that's what we're here to support. I just got the word in my ear that we're down to less than 90 seconds. So I will thank everybody, Sally, Roma, and Dr. Phil, for your calls, for helping us make this show what it is. And uh, thank you, Michelle, for being here. And please come back again tomorrow and the rest of the week and have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's a great gift to give the world. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radios with the Forgiveness Doctor. Dr. Michael Rice and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the Internal Aramaic Process of Forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org.